0: Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As you listen, we pray that you will encounter Jesus and allow His words to wash you anew. May He reveal more of who He is to your heart. Here's the message for this week. Testing one, two. All right, so thank you so much, Sean, for, uh, you know, just to introduce me as well. And good morning, church. Good morning, church. Can you just turn to a person beside you, you know, give them a smile, a high-five and say good morning. You look so good today in the house of God. All right. Um, I know it's cold out there and many of you, you got wet, but thank you for being on time. And so uh, thank you for breathing the rain. So, you know, good job, everybody. Yep. So, um, you know, I just want to say, first of all, that it's so good to be back here. In Rev. Life Church, you shared the word of the Lord with you this morning. Um, I do understand that I've not been that present um, in Rev. Life um, English Adult Service um, for a couple of months now. Uh, but I want you to know that we have resumed our missions travels amen all right so you can see from the slides and, and you know some photos over there um, yeah so we have resumed missions travels and um, um, so far I, I need to really let you know that it has been an incredible amazing journey just to go back out there to the nations um, to see what God is doing over there yeah, in different countries um, yeah just to see the move of God to see different denominations churches pastors leaders cell groups doing so well and I can't wait to actually actually bring you guys, you know, um, towards the end of the year and so next year, um, we, have, we can just take a trip together to see what God is doing out there in the nations. Now, at the same time, uh, we have also been running our Filipino services at Bible House, which is very near Funan Centre. So this is, um, this happens at 10 a.m. on the Sunday itself. So above bulk of our Sundays, we are there at Funan um, as we continue to disciple to reach the Filipinos for Jesus Christ. Um, on top of that, there's some other preaching engagements that we have out there uh, in different local churches in Singapore as we preach about missions, we encourage others about missions as well. So um, I think in all, it has been a packed, rather packed couple of months for us as a missions ministry, missions team, um, and as we head towards... Um, the last quarter of this year in 2022, it's going to get even busier as well. So I'm going to ask for a prayer request from all of you. Can you do that? That if you can remember us, do keep us in prayer over this period of time because it's really going to be packed uh, from now. In fact, um, on Wednesday itself, I'm going to travel to India with a group of six of us. So seven of us in total, we're going to India itself for a really jam-packed ministry trip. So, but it's going to be exciting. Yeah, but pray for us for Journey Mercy. Pray for us as well that God is going to sustain us, that he's going to place a message in our hearts um, for um, our pastors over there, for um, the churches. I mean, there's 80 over churches there that we are going to minister to. Yeah, just pray that, you know, uh, God is going to move um, with us and through us as well. Amen. Now, Church, so today, uh, I'm really excited to be here, and I'm going to share with you a very special message titled, The Nation's Mandate. Okay? And at the very onset of this message, I need to say that, Church, we need to embrace that we, uh, you know, we need to embrace the fact that we have a very crystal clear and tremendous and intense mandate to fulfill. Now, this mandate is not optional. It is not a mandate for only missionaries or a group of elite Christians to fulfill, but it is a clear mandate for the people of God. It is a mandate for people like you and for me. And it is as much of a mandate as for the full-time students that are among us as it is for the pastors of a local church. So what I want to do is I want to read a passage for you. But um, over time, the Great Commission passage has been read over and over again, that it has somehow lost its you know, meaning, its impact, its power, and its urgency. But what I want to do is to read the Matthew 28 passage for all of us here. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will um, um, give that fresh revelation, that fresh insight and fresh fire in our hearts as we read this passage together. Amen? All right. so let me pick this verse up, uh, um, passage from verse 8. And this is where Jesus just resurrected from the dead. And he met with the two Marys, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. Okay, so let me read from Matthew 28 verse 8 for you. And this is what Matthew wrote. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, grabs his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So that's the context of the Great Commission passage. Jesus rose from the dead. He met with the two Marys and he arranged an appointment to meet his disciples at this place in Galilee. Now, let's keep to verse 16. And I hear you know, let, let's, let's really dwell and dive into this passage here. Verse 16, Matthew wrote, Then the disciples, the eleven disciples, went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Can we pray? Yeah, let's pray. So Father, today we want to thank you that even on a cold Sunday, uh, we've all come here to listen, to sit under the teaching of your word. And today, God, I ask that you begin to speak to us, Lord. Fill our hearts with that grace. Fill our hearts with uh, the Spirit of the living God. Today, God, we, all we want is to hear a spoken word from you. So give us hungry hearts today. Give us a hungry spirit that indeed, oh God, Lord, we know. And we know that you are going to touch our hearts. You are going to stir our hearts as well. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Come on, church. You've got to do better than that. And all of God's people say, Amen! Amen! Alright, help me preach today, okay? All right, Because it's going to be a long one and a half weeks for me here in Singapore and then in India. Um, Yep. So church, for the rest of this time, um, for the rest of our time together, what I want to do is to share about the three important truths that surrounds the nation's mandate. And over here, over the next maybe 40 minutes or so, what I want to do is I want to talk about the heart, the weight or magnitude, and the responsibility of the mandate. So if you're ready, let's look at the first truth today. And it's the heart of the mandate. And you know what, church? Here we got to ask ourselves a very important question, or rather two questions. And the first question is this. Why did God choose to give His church such a difficult and almost seemingly unattainable mandate? Now the second question is this. Why would Jesus give His life and to die for a mandate like this as well. I mean, will not the two greatest commandments be enough for us to live as Christians? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart and to love one another as yourself. I mean, that alone would have been challenging enough, right? Uh, to live by as Christians. But, you know, in First Timothy, we discover the very heart of the Great Commission. We discover the heart of the mandate. So let me read for you First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. And this is what is written. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and those in authority, that they may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Now look at this. This is good and pleases who? God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. You know what, church? Yes, we can love the Lord our God with all of our hearts. We can love our neighbours as ourselves. But we need to know that in the very deep desire of God, He wants all men to be saved. Amen? He wants all people to be saved, that they will know the truth. That they will know the one who made them, who formed them and who saved them. This is the very heart and the cry of the nation's mandate. Now, um, let's look at John chapter three, verse 16 here. And um, once again, it's a passage that has been read over and over again that he has somehow lost its urgency, even its meaning and its power. But you know, I want to read this for you. in John chapter Three verse 16. We all know this verse, and it says, For God so loved the, come on, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm just going to pause here for a while just to tell you a very short story. Now, um, you know, just a, about a month, a month and a half ago, we celebrated our RL31, right? Um, yep, so it was our 31st church birthday anniversary and we celebrated here in a worship center over two days, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday was more for the young people, okay? Yeah, you can see from the screen. And um, I know that it was such a really separate, celebrative atmosphere. We enjoyed ourselves a lot. The service was good, but I'm sure many of us, we were all looking forward to after service, correct? The, the indoor games, the basketball that was happening downstairs, the popcorns, the hot dogs, and everything else, right? Okay, so, but back to the service itself, you know, um, yeah, so it was a celebrative, celebrative atmosphere over here, um, and before, you know, the cake came out, the big, large cake where, you know, we cut the cake, um, um, Elder Young led us in a, into a time of communion. Um, and um, it was during communion itself, when we were waiting for the cups to be passed around, you know, and people just to get things settled, um, I held the communion, you know, the wafer and, 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 and the cup. Um, and I held it in my hands and I, I, I had a f- feeling that I've not experienced during communion time. It was a rather strange experience for me that when I was holding the cup and the elements, um, you know, my, my, a, a deep sense of heaviness began to creep into my heart. And then suddenly I felt the the burden of the Lord coming upon me. Now, um, I've experienced this in rallies. I've experienced this when I pray for the sick, you know, when when we go out there in the nations. But I've not experienced this at all. This, This was really my first time that I've experienced this in a communion session like that. But I was there, you know, over that side, holding a cup and a wafer, and I just felt the heaviness and the burden of the Lord coming, and, and it was like gripping my heart, and I knew that God was going to say something to me. And I said, God, I'm, this is so weird, I've not experienced this before in a communion, but if you want to speak, please speak. And, and I just felt God say these words. I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me, and He said, Joachim, I want you to know that Uh, You know, Chokim, you have always known that the communion is a time that we remember the death, sacrifice, and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to know that the communion is also a time we, uh, you know, the communion is a reminder of the commission that Jesus has given to his church. That as you remember his death, you need to remember that he died for the peoples of the world that he died for this world and for the nations. And as he shed his blood, he gave to you, or to me, at the church, a commission, a mandate to fulfill. And I just felt these words that the Holy Spirit was just prompting me, and he said, if you take the communion seriously, you will take the mandate seriously as well. So let's look at John chapter 3, verse 16 once again. And I feel that maybe, like, can we all read it together? Shall we do that? John chapter 3, verse 16. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's right. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, You know, church, we all need to know that we will not sacrifice anything unless it is of worth, um, something that is of value to us. And knowing us as Singaporeans, you know, as parents here, we will never sacrifice our kids, our children, our sons and daughters for anything in this world. Do you know just how precious the Son of Man, the Son of God is? And yet, John chapter 3.16 says that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son to be a ransom, a sacrifice, you know, to be given over so that the world may know and believe in Him who saved them. So come on, church. This is a cry and the very heart of the mandate that the nations and the peoples of the nations are precious to God. To the point where the Son of God, the Son of Man, was given over as a ransom, a sacrifice to pay for the sins of this world. So I got this for you, churches, on the slides. That if we say that we know the heart of God, then we must know that His heart and His deep desire are for the nations. And if we know His heart is for the peoples of the nations, then why are we ignoring his heart? Why are we ignoring his heart today? So I shared about the very heart of the mandate. Now let me move on to the next truth. And I want to talk about the magnitude or the weight of the mandate. And just what was sacrificed for this mandate. How much emphasis and how much priority, you know, that did heaven give towards this mandate itself. So church, as we all know from the first point, that it was in God's heart and God's desire for all men to be saved, for this mandate to be fulfilled. And not only that, but Jesus gave his life just to make this nation's mandate possible. And it's found in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. And Mark wrote that, "...for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many." But let's go deeper right now to talk about the weight and the magnitude of this mandate. And church, do you know that heaven's power, authority and resource were given to the church, to Rive Life Church, to the churches in the world to make this mandate um, an accomplished task? That heaven spent no resources in order for this mandate to be accomplished. And not only that, but we see that the Holy Spirit was given to the church to empower the church for this very commission that Jesus gave. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We talk about the magnitude of the mandate. Heaven spared no resources in giving all that it could give so that we could accomplish the mandate. Not only that, but God also promised us uh, to back us up with signs and wonders, powers and miracles just so that we will obey the Great Commission. This is the magnitude of the mandate. So, if I can say this, you know, all of heaven's authority, power and resources were given to the church to make the nation's mandate possible and accomplish fact. If that is so, now next one. If heaven spent no resources in fulfilling the mandate today, how much resources, including our life and our time, are we giving to fulfill the Great Commission? Amen. Wow, very fast today. Eh? So, so so far, I've shared about the truth of the mandate, the heart of the mandate, I've talked about the weight and the magnitude of the mandate. Now, what I want to do is I want to zoom in to talk about the responsibility of the mandate. And here at church, we need to ask ourselves, who is responsible for the mandate? Who is responsible for the, to finish the task? Who is responsible for the Great Commission? And you know what? There is only one answer, church. It is not angels. It is not the heavenly beings. It is not the elders who sit around the throne. But it is the church. Amen? It is the church who is responsible for the mandate because Jesus has given his church the mandate. Amen? Amen. You know, Jesus has given his church the mandate and he gave the nations, the peoples of the nations, people groups to us to intercede, to watch over and pray to reach, to love, to disciple, and to long for his kingdom to be established and expressed here on earth. You know, all resources from heaven were given to us to fulfill the very heart and desire of the Father, to the saints and the believers of God. So how will the mandate be fulfilled, church? How will the nations hear? It is always through the church. Amen? And not only that, but everyone is needed to fulfill the mandate. Can you turn to the person beside you, smile and say, you are needed to fulfill the mandate. Amen? Wow, very easy to say that, right? Just, just point at the person beside you, 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 you. You know, you are needed. You know, you could be young, you could be old, rich or poor. You, everyone is needed to fulfill the mandate. Now, can I just share with you another story? Um, um, about just a month ago, we took a mission trip. So we've taken two so far. Um, this Wednesday will be the third. So a month ago, we took a mission trip to Sarangani. That's in South Philippines. Um, I've not been there for the last five years, so that's my confession. Okay. Um, yeah. Do we have a slide yeah, so you can see, right? Yeah. So we, we promise you, if you go to Sarangani, to this place, we're going to give you coconuts to drink, okay? Can do? Yeah. So the coconuts there are, are amazing. Yeah. You guys can drink all you want. It's, it's nearly like free of charge over there. Okay, so, but we took a mission trip to Sarangani, to Philippines, and um, because it was a prolonged pandemic crisis, we could not travel for some time, so we took a lot of time to reconnect and to re-establish our connections with the Belan tribe pastors and elders who have been serving so faithfully uh, in this land, in the mountains, um, for many years now. Um, it's the next slide. Um, and even during the COVID period where we could not travel, uh, the works among the Balan people never stopped. Um, so I'm going to show you a photo, and this is Kabuk Church, um, um, yeah, the next one. So um, we, we thank God that Kabuk Church, which is, which is a huge building, okay, uh, was built just before um, the pandemic started itself in 2019. Now, not only then, but last year in 2021, um, and through the efforts of the Missions of Home team, Sarangani team, money was raised. And this year, we managed to build a school dormitory for the Balan children. Come on, let's give God a praise. Amen. We built it even during our pandemic time. And this has been completed. Can, you, can we show the next slide? And this was just taken two weeks ago, one and a half weeks ago, where the first batch of our Serangani students from the Belan tribe, people that live up the mountains, they came down. And this is the first batch that are staying in, in this school dormitory. And it's so amazing. It's so great to see happy faces Children just coming down the mountains, taking four hours, six hours, you know, horse rides and or they travel down by foot just to be there and they're staying with us right now. Now, uh, and I heard there's only one problem. So far, no issues at all. Everyone is happy. They're really happy, actually. There's only one problem. The, the children have come down, come down the mountain to have a good education, but every week they're supposed to go back home. They do not want to go back home. <laughs> they say, no, no, we, we love this place too much. We do not want to go back home anymore. Yeah, so now we've we got to think of a way how to get them back home every weekend to spend time with their family. Amen? Yeah, but can we praise God again? You know, God is really doing something among the Balan people. Amen. And all this took place even without us traveling there. And and we, we um you know the Filipino uh, congregation they're not here, but we really got to thank them because there's a few of them um um the 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 engineers you know the architects they they were the ones that designed um, this and um including you know people like um, Jimmy and 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 Gun and so on and they would use uh, WhatsApp you know or, or the messenger video, and they'll say, can you show me the architect, the structural thing, and the, the electrical points, everything is all through the phone itself, and it's been so trying for them, but we thank God that it's done. Now, not only then, but over the last seven years, 16 Berlin churches have been planted in this place. Amen. Come on, 16 churches have been planted over here and four to five of these churches were planted during the COVID pandemic period itself. Now, when all travel has stopped, we could not even go to the mountains, we could not go to do evangelistic rallies. The church, the people, the pastors, and the members continued to travel from mountain to mountain, taking the horse, walking across streams, No, that is like first, uh, you know, walking across streams just to share the good news. And 16 churches have been planted in seven, in seven years. So these are some of the churches that you see here. Amazing, right? Simple church like this, but it became the highlight of that town, of that mountain. People would go there, uh, not only for church services, but for community meetings as well, because they, they you know, it, just to bring wood up to the mountains, you have got to really transport them by horse, all right. And there are sixteen churches up there in the mountains now. Now, um, um, it, it was on Sunday, so our mission trip was for seven days. Um, and by Sunday itself, you know, we have completed all of our ministry. We had a lot of meetings uh, with the pastors. We had a lot of preaching sessions, okay, and on Sunday afternoon, after our final preaching session, I told our local partner, pastor, you know, pastor... All we have seen so far is our not so nice hotel room and also the um, the church itself. Um, you know, can can you bring us somewhere else? Can you bring us to take a look at Sarangani? So our pastor brought us to different places just to take a look, alright? And he brought us to this viewing point, okay? Over here, so on the right, you can see amazing view, correct? You know, who wants to go to Sarangani now? Yes. Oh my goodness, only like three or four. Who wants to go to Sarangani, yes? All right, take the sign-up form later on, okay? It's all at the doors, it's all waiting for you. Now, so, so he took us to this viewing point and, 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 and he said, um, and, and we, when we were there, we were taking photos, suddenly... The pastor put me aside and said, Pastor, pastor, you've got to come here. Do you know? And, and I circled for you, and it was uh, such a good story that I had to post it on Instagram, okay? And, and Facebook as well. So I'm trying my best uh, to share some missions updates with you guys whenever we travel for missions trip. So I share it on Facebook, Instagram. So if you want to, you can follow. I try, I like, try to update. Huh? Okay? Now, so, and, and I circled for you over there. And, and the pastor was saying, Pastor, at the very tip of that mountain, do you know that there is one blunt church that we have just planted? There is one church, one real-life church over there in that mountain. I said, Pastor, how is it possible to climb up, to track up the mountain? And he said, you know what? We just do it. We take the horse, we, we travel, we cross rivers, 20, 20 over rivers, we, and to get there, and we plant a church over there. Do you know which church is it? Can I see the previous slide, please? The previous slide. It is Saiyan Church over there. Up there at the very tip of the mountain. This church is planted over there. Amen. Is God amazing. Can we give him another praise? Amen. So, you know, church, by the end, um, by, by the third day of the trip itself, so we were there for about seven days. So midway through the trip, I, as I was speaking to the pastors and I felt that I prayed enough in that sense, I talked to enough pastors um, and I, began to, I felt this prompting from God and I began to sit all the pastors down. So there were about 16, 20 of them, including elders, the elders of the church. And I sat all of them down and I told them, we have to start to prepare for 32 and it's on the slides as well we have to start to prepare for 32. And that time, the pastors were like, what, what do you mean 32? And I shared with them, God has given us 16 churches. I think in no time, we are going to multiply to 32 churches. And this time, we got to prepare ourselves for 32 churches. Because it is one, you know, you, you need one level of anointing to, to operate, you know, authority and anointing to operate with eight churches. You need a different level of anointing and authority to operate with 16. And you need a different level of authority to operate with 32. And I told them five years ago, when I last came to Sarangani for the for a pastor's training, you there were only eight churches among you. And and you know, I was training you guys, there were only eight churches. Five years later, there is 16 churches. And I told them, what happens if I don't come back for another five years? You guys will grow to 32. And say, you know what? This, this is no more play-play. We've got to really plan in a very systematic way how do we plan to build and to plant 32 churches for Jesus Christ. So can you just imagine that with me, church? Just allow the Holy Spirit to, 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 to fill your hearts with a vision. Can you imagine 32 churches or rather 32 mountains having churches with the bland people coming to church every Sunday, worshipping our Lord Jesus Christ, worshipping in a tongue that is unknown to us, but a tongue that is known to our Lord Jesus Christ and to the heavenly realm. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that the mountains are worshipping Jesus Amen. The mountains are worshipping Jesus. And you know what? Only the church and the nations can bring such joy and delight to the Father's heart. Only the church can fulfil the very desire of God. Only the church can fulfil the Great Commission. And the responsibility of the nation's mandate belongs to us, to you and to me. It belongs to the churches, you know, in, in, among the blunt tribe. The nation's mandate belongs to us. So church, if I can summarize it this way, for today's message, it will go something like this, alright? So I'll just put it all in a few PowerPoint slides. If I can summarize this whole message, it looks something like this. The nations are found deep in the heart of God. And therefore, the nations are found deep in the heart of God And therefore, it is our responsibility and calling to reach the nations for Jesus Christ so that the nations will bring glory and delight back to the Father's heart. Amen? Amen, church? So that's the whole summary of today's message that the nations are found, the peoples of the nations are found in God's heart. And it becomes our calling to reach the nations for Jesus, to reach people groups of Jesus, that the nations can bring the glory and delight and joy back to God's heart. So church, we have been given the Great Commission, the nation's mandate, and only the church can accomplish the task. Let's just take some time to ponder that for a while. Only the church can accomplish the task. No one else, no angels, no heavenly beings can accomplish the task except you and me. That God will make himself so vulnerable that he will give the greatest desire in his very heart to you and to me to fulfill, to accomplish the task. What are we doing about it today? So I spoke about the heart of the mandate. I've spoken about the weight and the magnitude of the mandate that heaven has given all resource to us to accomplish the task. And who is responsible? We are responsible for the nation's mandate. Church, we have been given the nations, people groups, tribes, cities, provinces, to watch over, to intercede, to pray, to reach and love and disciple, and to care for in times of famine and crisis. And with life, we are responsible as a church for some nation's and cities that he has called us to. Amen? We are responsible for even some mountains right now, we are responsible for them too. They are our responsibility. They are our mandate. And today I believe that as a church, even as I lead us in a close over the next 10 to 15 minutes, okay? Right? So not so fast. Yeah. Even as I lead us to a close here, I believe that God is calling us as a church to respond in two ways. The first one, the first way is this. Church, as we realize the heart of the mandate, as we realize the weight and the magnitude and even the responsibility of this mandate, the first way that I believe we can respond, number one, let us reach our God-assigned nations and cities with full conviction. Come on, you know what? Let's, let, let us not be scared and worried about the pandemic crisis. Let, let us go. Let us reach our God-assigned nations and cities with full conviction to see the glory of God being manifested and lives transformed in our assigned nations. And you know, um, I thank God that God has given us, um, have touched your hearts, and 50 over Rift Lifeless have signed up for a mission trip from now to the end of this year. Um, And, you know, I'm going to tell you this, that from now to the end of this year, we are going with the full conviction, with the full mandate that God has given to us. We want to spread the gospel. We want to preach. And we want to see signs and wonders happen once again. We want to see souls getting saved, cities and towns and mountains transformed for our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So this is what we want to do. And I'm going to encourage you as well, real Lifers, if you can start to think to ponder your heart, if you would like to join us for a mission trip towards the end of this year, there's only one mission trip left in November, or um, if this year is too tight, would you like to travel with us next year in 2023? Now, I, uh, we, we all know that taking one mission trip doesn't mean that we are fulfilled, we have finished the task of the nation's mandate, but it's only the start. But take that first step to take that first step out of Singapore, not on a holiday but on a missions trip to see what God is doing. Let Him um, um, fill your hearts with the very heart of God for the peoples of the nations once again. Amen. So do drop by our missions booth to find out more details um, on how you can sign up for a mission trip in 2023. Uh, we have all of our mission trips lined up already and you guys can find out more details from there. But, you know, it is over here as well. I want to share, uh, you know, and just to to affirm um, a group of Rift Lifers who have been working, serving so hard. And this is our Missions from Home Thailand team. All right, so our Missions from Home Thailand team, they have been meeting since, I think, about May, June, July, that period of time. Okay, um, yeah, you can show the slides. And, and, and they have been meeting nearly every week. Okay, um, and, and uh, what, what, what they do is um, they meet online because they still can't travel for the time being. Yeah, um, they're meeting online with the refugees of the Thai people, all right, at the Thai borders over there. They'll meet up with them once a week and they will encourage them, uh, we'll speak life and hope into them. Sometimes they initiate uh, conversations and um, you know what, we thank God that one cell group has been birthed out of this whole thing already. Come on, let's give God all the praise, Amen. Thank you so much, the Thai um, Missions for Home team. You guys have been so amazing. You guys have been doing this on your own for about close to a year now, and we really appreciate you for that. And I do know that the um, Thailand mission team is also raising some support, some funds, because every time they meet up with uh, one of these refugee family, they do give a care pack to them as well. So they're raising some donations. So if you're interested, you can always find out more in the link shown on the screen above as well. Amen now but so that's the first part that i really want to share with you that you know what together as a church let us go back out there to the nations i want to zoom in to focus on the second part our second response and the second the second response that i feel is this that as he shows us his heart as he shows us his the magnitude and the weight of his mandate church let us shepherd our assigned nations and cities with great love and concern as we face a time of great famine. You know, last week, Pastor Lino shared with us that a global hunger crisis is here and the poor nations are in need. Um, last week, I took time to share how Rev Life has chosen to respond to the needs of of the poor out there in the nations right so i uh, so so let me just share with you once again you know in Myanmar itself we have already given and distributed 150,000 dollars worth of rice to 3,000 Burmese families amen right so we have given out Yeah, and I shared with you that, you know, rather than just put one or two photos over there, let us just collate everything to show you how many families we have been providing. And and one of these rice bags can last them at least two months. So we thank God that God has given us provisions and we're able to bless the poor in Myanmar with, uh, you know, to bless 3,000 Burmese families with rice over the next two months. At the same time, we have agreed as a family that if we need to give more, in the coming months, in the coming years, we will continue to give as well. Um, In addition, we also gave out some much-needed rice to 52 orphanages in Myanmar itself. So altogether, 1,599 children received bags of rice. I mean, these orphanages, they were already rationing their rice, their their food, um, and you can just so imagine the faces of the caretakers and the children as they saw the bags of rice arriving at the doorsteps. Amen. Now, um, just a very quick one here. The Myanmar Missions on Home team will be raising donations for this very purpose. Um, You heard the announcements just now, and I know that over the next two weeks, they have a booth downstairs. In fact, next week, they're bringing some Burmese friends from one of the uh, Burmese local church here, um, you have to bring them down to actually sing some songs and also to share uh, what is going on um, in their homeland, their home country, all right? So do head down to the booth, get to know them, and get to hear their stories as well. But you know what, church? Over the last few months, um, because I promised to tell you a bit more, right, this week, over the last few months, it has been a pretty busy months for the missions team because we have been having meetings with our overseas partners, you can see from the photos over there. Uh, we have been meetings with our overseas partners in Pangansinan, in Sarangani itself, and um, this Wednesday, we'll be meeting up with the India pastors as well, and we have been drawing up plans on how we can serve the poor and the needy out there in hard times where the poor can't afford basic food anymore. And we have been having meetings like this over Zooms or in sessions like this, where we talk about how can we meet with their immediate needs. But not only that, but how can we meet their mid-term and long-term needs as well? So we've been talking about you know, community projects, uh, micro-enterprise projects, uh, bringing in the whole community to, to do something together. So pray alongside with us that, that as, as we continue to meet up with them, as we continue to dialogue, to plan, um, many of these things will come to fruition. Now, together with the leadership team of Brave Life Church, we have decided to raise To set aside and to raise a faith fund of one million Singapore dollars, and I know that Pastor Lino shared that with us last week. One million Singapore dollars will be set aside, and we want to raise this amount to feed the poor, to meet the needs of the poor in the nations. So this global hunger crisis fund will support the needs of the poor in Sarangani, Philippines, in Pangasinan, in India, Myanmar and Indonesia, and we will also set aside some budget just in case any more countries need the funds too. Now, um, I want to echo what Pasalino has shared, that um, um, you know, the, the needs of this world are too great and we can't meet every need around, but what we can do is we can shepherd and we can care for our God-assigned countries and provinces, and this is what we hope to do during this period of time. And I know that all of us, we can play our part, all right? Um, and so, as we close, can I just share a very personal story with you? Can we do that? Yep. Um, you know, as we take time to, to just hear from God, how can we respond to this mission's message like this? But let me just share with you a personal story here, something that I, I've not really, you know, that, that actually I've, for, I've forgotten about it for the longest time, 20 years actually, um, and, it, and it was only earlier this year when I was speaking in Megalife, um, I happened to just got reminded of that story I shared with them because we were talking about destiny and calling. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I really want to share it with you here. You know, last Saturday um, was, was a pretty... Last Saturday evening, so about eight days ago, um, it was a pretty emotional time for me because I was preparing for uh, you know, the global hunger crisis and for all the announcements. Pastor was preaching on Sunday, right? And he told me to wrap up the generosity series. And not only that, but he told me, you know, can you share about the global hunger and, uh, and what you guys have been doing out there in the nations? So, last Saturday, eight days ago, when I was preparing for it, suddenly, something struck in me and it was a bit of an emotional time. I had to hold back a little bit. And because I got reminded of something that took place when I was 20 or 21 years old. That was about five years ago, Laha, right? <laughs> I wish, I wish, Laha. I wish. <clears throat> yeah. Let me go. That is about 20 years ago, Laha. Okay, so I'm 40 days, year coming 41 already. Okay. So yeah, but when I was 20 or 21, something happened and <clears throat> I just got reminded of it once again when I was just preparing. The the, the the slides and what to share with you guys about global hunger. And because when I was 20 or 21 years old, I was in Megalife, I was a leader over there, um, one, one of the key leaders, and I think I was an Aero overseer, stuff like that. And um, um, So, what, what happened is, after service itself, um, it's either you go for a cell group and then you go back home, or you have dinner and then you go home. All right? So, it was one of those weeks where we did not have cell groups and um, you know, there'll be that times where I could actually go back with my good friends. So there were two other friends that I would go back with. And so after Make life service, we had dinner and we were walking back from church, the time a very simple life, right? No grab, no this and that. We just walked home, okay? And from church, we walked back um, towards to, Pastor's MRT. And um, I, I, you know, we were just talking, just a three of us, and we were talking about our calling and destiny that night. You know, we were talking about what we felt God was calling us to do. In the near future, or perhaps in a not so near future, and my friends shared, and after that, I began to share, and I told them, you know what? Um, I, I I do not know, and I'm just twenty years old, so I'm twenty one, but I just sense that God is calling me to do three things, and I'm just going to focus on these three things. God is calling me to do three things in life. The first one, and I know, and and I know that God has called me to preach the gospel. And not only preach the gospel in Singapore, but I see myself preaching the gospel out there in different countries, in the nations. And I see translators preaching the gospel with me. And mind you, that was 20 over years ago. I see myself preaching the gospel out there in the nations. Some big rallies, some stadiums, some small ones, but I see myself over there. And of course, you guys will know by now, that is what we've been doing out there for the last 10 over years, right? Now, did I force it to happen? Did I try to make it happen? The answer is no, but we just happened to do it. I forgot about it as well, right? The second thing that I told my friends was, at the same time, the second thing that I know that God has called me to do is to heal the sick. And everywhere we go, as we preach the good news, God is going to heal the sick. We are going to move in signs and wonders and miracles. And Pastor Julian would know, 20 years ago, we were those forty days of purpose. Those are things, nothing about moving in the power of and the gifts of God, nothing at all. But say, you know what? I know that God is going to use me to heal the sick. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk, the paralyzed will move, and even the dead will rise. I know this is going to happen. And obviously, over the last many years, everywhere we go, out there in the nations, here in Singapore, we see the sick getting healed. There's a third thing. That I shared with my friends. Three things I know that God is calling me to do. The third, I feel in my heart that God was going to give me strategies and structures to set up organizations and to have plans in place to help the poor and those in extreme needs. Now, mind you, it's not those with needs, but extreme needs. And I mean, I was just 20 or 21 years old then. And as I was just preparing all these things, we were working hard for so long with the global hunger crisis. Even before that, you know, just two years ago, it was a COVID crisis, you know, and how we we had to distribute so much logistics and relief to many countries. But when that happened last Saturday, I began to ask God, God, did you just prepare me Do you just use 20 years of my life to prepare me for such a moment as this? All the pain, all the challenges, all the troubles. And 10 years ago, you would put me in missions where I had to discover for myself what what it means to be like, like a missionary, what it means to work with the locals on the ground, what it means to feed the poor, to know the needs, to know the actual needs on the ground, to know who we can trust, who we can't, and so on. God, do you just use 20 years to prepare me for such a time as this where we faced one of the greatest hunger crises ever? And I felt like what Esther said or in the book of Esther, for such a time as this. Now, Rev Life, I'm not going to talk about me here or about my calling, but it's about us. And I just sense that God is also asking us, or rather, did God prepare us over the last 20 years for such a time as this? Perhaps, did God prepare us over the last 31 years for such a time as this to go out there into the nations in the darkest hour to go out there to set the captives free, to preach the good news, to proclaim freedom and to heal the blind and the sick? Did God just prepare us for the last 31 years to feed the poor and the hungry in the most extreme times of a global crisis like this? Or maybe perhaps for some of you, you could even ask yourself this question, has God prepared me that God has blessed us with abundance just for a moment like this. So today, I feel that our response to God, let us shepherd our assigned nations and cities with great love and concern as we face a time of global famine. Church, let's make our life count. Shall we do that? I'm going to ask and invite us to stand to our feet as let's, let's worship God in one song, shall we? And I'm going to ask us to lift up our hands towards heaven. That's right. Can we just begin to lift up our hands towards heaven as we offer our hearts and our lives to God and say, God, do you just prepare me? Do you, do you just prepare us? Do you, do you use 20 years or 31 years to prepare us for such a time as this? And today, God, I pray that destinies will be changed. Destinies will be transformed here in this place. God, I pray that destinies will be called forth in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Lord, for too long, Lord, we have stayed idle. For too long, we have looked inwards. But today, Lord, did you just prepare us for such a time as this? Today, as we lift up holy hands before you, Lord, today as we call upon the name of the Lord, as we say, God, oh God, here, Lord, here, here is my heart, here is my life. Today, God, I pray that, Lord, will you look from heaven above, and Lord, will you come and touch every single one of us, God, as we offer our hearts and our lives to you, God. If you're calling me, I will answer And if you're bidding me to come I will come If you're leading me Into deeper waters May I not refuse Sing that again Calling me If you're calling me will answer if you're bidding me to come I will come and if you're leading me it. into deep water no, may I not read all of the sick and if you should put up a heart in the sick Jesus just respond to him today and say Jesus I come surrender all oh, for your glory I give my life oh, my God. Look, church, listen to this chorus once again, Jesus, we come and let's let's open up our hands before God right now. That's right. Come on, church. Come on, your glory and your glory alone, God. That's right. That's right. Yes, God, go be calm God. Father, you see our hearts. Lord, you see our lives today. Lord, all, oh God, we take everything today, oh God. Everything that we have. Lord, our lives, oh God, every treasure and possession, Lord, in this world belongs to you, God. Thank you, Lord. So Father, today, Lord, we know that this is a very sacred moment that we have with you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you, first of all, for saving us, God. Lord, as we discover about the heart of the mandate, Lord, we know that your heart is for us, that you saved us, you died for us, as you died for the world. And we thank you, Lord, that Jesus, you gave your all so that now we can give our all to you. And Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for building Real Life Church, for building us up from 31 years ago till now. Lord, through all the crises that we have been through, through all the challenges we have been through, through the different leadership transitions we have been through, through the people that have come in and that have come out, through even the staff that have come and gone, Lord, through the leaders that have grown in this place and even ex-leaders who are still here with us, Thank you, Lord. Father, we want to say thank you. Thank you for bra- for building this church because only Jesus, you built your church, God. No one else can build the very church of God except you, Lord Jesus. And you say that you will build your church. And Lord, this is your church. Those online and those here at the worship centre, and you've built us. And God, today we want to give you thanks for the 31 years that you've given to us. And today, God, we want to come before you to say, Lord, did you just use 31 years or 20 years to prepare us for a moment, a time like this? That as the world goes darker, as the people grows hungry, Lord, you have positioned us in such a place that we can go and shine with the very glory and the power of our living God. So God, I pray you prepare our hearts, for all that's going to happen over the next couple of months for the next year that is ahead of us and even right now God I pray you prepare our hearts Lord even as we start to give to the poor out there in the nations in the Philippines in India Myanmar Indonesia and in different parts of the world God I pray you begin to touch our hearts Lord that you have prepared us for a time and a season like this, may we never miss the Kairos moment of God, you anyway, know. Church, I'm just going to ask you to open up your eyes for a short while, you know. Um, yeah, and and I'm really not the best at doing this, Pastor know is not as well, because it's at, at the end of the day, it's not about even the money that we receive, right? But because everything that that you give goes into global hunger fund, and 100 percent actually. I always tell my team, it's more than 100%. We always give more than that. About 110, 120% goes out there. Nothing is being kept here in Rev Life. Alright, so yeah, if, if God is touching your heart, you should say, Pastor, we want to give. We want to support the nations out there. Alright, you have the QR codes, the links, it's even in your digital, digital bulletin. If you're on social media, it will be fleshed out over there as well. But I'm going to ask you to take time to consider that we will give to the Lord, not only today, but you can give every month, or you can give, you know, whenever you feel led to, from now till um, June next year. If there's a need and the crisis continues on, we will continue to give, even to the end of 2023. We will just extend it. The budget will grow a little bit more. It's okay, all right. But we want to flow with God. Amen. Can we do that? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, this is just one short announcement. But can I just pray for you? right. we pray for all the offerings and all the funds that will come in, that they will go into the right places. So Father, today we want to thank You. And we thank You, Lord, that You're moving among us today. And Lord, even as we give our offerings to You, as we give generously to the poor, Lord, I pray, O God, Lord, that You take all these funds, the global hunger crisis funds. Lord, you take it and God, I pray, you begin to meet every need out there in the nations that you've assigned us to. Lord, you begin to meet the needs, of God. Lord, when the poor cries out in hunger, God, I pray in a very supernatural way. You use the funds that real life has given and Lord, I pray you meet their needs in Christ Jesus. God, you begin to meet the needs of the tribes, the needs of the people groups, the needs of the mountains. Oh God, the needs of denominations and churches. that's say, God, we got no more left. But today, oh God, Lord, you begin to multiply these funds. Oh God, we're it's like a million. But God, we pray, you multiply it, oh God, and you bless. You bless every work. You bless the nations that need it the most as well. So today we thank you. And Lord, I pray for the special blessing to be upon every giver in this house, in this place. That God, I pray that as we give, Lord, I pray that you give us back that joy, that joy in serving you, that joy in giving, that joy in seeing, Lord, that, that people are, are met, needs are met out there as we give, for oh God. So today, God, I pray, Lord, we pray for the tithes, we pray for the offerings, and we pray that it will be for the extension of the very Kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just raise up our hands as we receive the Lord's blessings? And right now, may the amazing love of God our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the sweet fellowship and power of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. And all of God's people say Amen and Amen. Amen. Praise God. So God bless you. Go in the blessings of God. Um, there's a few booths downstairs including the Myanmar Mission from Home team is there as well. Do meet them downstairs. If not, have a great Sunday ahead of you and have a very early lunch. Thank you for listening to The River Life Podcast. We hope that you've encountered Jesus through the Word. If you'd like to connect with community or find out more about Riverlife Church, find us on Facebook, Instagram or head on over to riverlife.org.sg God bless and have a great week ahead.